You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Man, I just hope that this morning um, you're beginning for yourself to sense a little bit of peace. Uh, Peace is hard to come by, isn't it, in our society? Um, Especially if you get more than two snowflakes in Denver. (laughs) Really hard to come by peace. It's uh, it's true. You you, you turn on the radio, you, you turn on the news, and you look across the world, and it seems like the world is everything but peaceful. It seems like the world is continuously in utter chaos. And yet this time of the year, as we look towards Christmas, uh, Jesus was sent by his Father to give us life, but also to give us peace. If you look some 800 years ago to uh, the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah gave some descriptive words about what the Messiah would be. Among those, he called him Wonderful Counselor. And how many of you would say that you've experienced him to be a wonderful counselor in your life? You know, there's been so many times in my life where I have uh, needed counsel. Hard to believe, right? Hard to believe. But I've needed counsel, and I've found really good counsel in friends. In fact, I've even found really good uh, counsel in some counselors in my life. But I have never found the wonder of the counsel that Jesus Christ has given me. So we've experienced him as wonderful counselor. Another word that, um, that Isaiah gave for Jesus was mighty God. How I many you know Jesus is a mighty God? We've experienced him as a mighty God because it's only a mighty God who can hang on a tree, be killed, buried, and three days later rise again. That's a mighty God. He's also everlasting father. If you look to Revelation, he says, I am the alpha and I am the omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. Jesus personified in the Trinity is almighty father too, everlasting father. But there's one last name that Isaiah gave Jesus, and that was this name, Prince of Peace. Now, you've experienced him as a wonderful counselor, as as, as a mighty God, as an everlasting father. My question for you this morning is, have you experienced him as your Prince of Peace? Have you experienced him as your Prince of Peace? Have you ever noticed... That the longer you are in the presence of something, you begin to pick up those attributes. Have you ever noticed that? In, any, in anything, when you immerse yourself in something, you begin to pick up attributes of something. So, for example, um, I know individuals, friends of mine, who have gone overseas and lived in different cultures. They've immersed themselves in that culture, and when they came back, you noticed there was something different about them. They spoke a little bit differently. They ate a little bit differently. Why? Because they immersed themselves in a culture and then they picked up certain attributes of that culture. Okay? Or, for example, if I jump into a pool and I immerse myself in that pool, how many know I'm going to come out of the pool with certain attributes of that pool, right? The water is still going to be on me. I'm going to have attributes. Let me put it this way. How many of you um, have ever been around, and I'm going to say a teenage boy who has immersed himself in body spray. I was your youth pastor. I remember, Cooper. It was you. It was you. Um, When you immerse yourself in body spray, how many know they pick up attributes of that body spray uh, and it permeates throughout the house, right? When I immerse myself in the presence of Jesus, 
One of the attributes should be that there's peace in my life. When I, let me say that again. When I immerse myself in the presence of Jesus, who is the prince of what? So if he's the prince of peace and I immerse myself in his presence, shouldn't it follow that there should be peace in my life? My question is, when we look at the world, do we see people immersing themselves in his presence? No, because we're, we're lacking peace. And we have for quite a long time. In fact, in the last 5,560 years, there's been close to 15,000 documented wars. That's three major wars for every year in the last 5,000 plus years. Today, today alone, there are 40 wars, conflicts going on around the world. 40 conflicts. There was a time in our history, just over 100 years ago, where we thought if we just became educated as a people then war would cease to exist. Well, after two world wars and other major wars, the only thing we recognize is that an educated people become much more capable of killing one another. The nations still rage against nations. And even within Christianity itself, there's been conflict, hasn't there? In 1853... It all started with the Catholics who wanted to put a silver star over the top of the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. And then the Orthodox said, well, no, we want our own star over the church. And, and so the Russian government backed the Orthodox, Turk, or the French backed the Catholics, Turkey backed the French, and then Russia declared war on Turkey. Then we had Great Britain, Italy, and France declare war on Russia. We had the Crimean War from 1853 to 1856. And where did it start? In the birthplace of the Prince of Peace. In the birthplace of the Prince of Peace. You hear what I'm saying? Conflict has been happening for too long. Too long. And I would venture to guess it's not just amongst nations, it's a, um, it's a problem with us individually too. There's a really uh, good chance that inside this building today, there are people who are in conflict with other people. That It may be a family member, it may be a neighbor, it may be a co-worker, it may even be somebody right here at this church. Don't look at them, please. Don't, don't stare them down. <laughs> but we are a people that are consistently in conflict, wouldn't you say? Division, infighting, rubbing each other wrong. I love what it says here in 1 Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. Let me read that again. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. You, you know what you don't rule from? You don't rule from a distance. To rule, you must take up residency. And when Christ takes up residency in my heart, and I submit to his authority, and I submit to his rulership, then the byproduct of that immersion should be what? Four of you are getting this. We're going to spend a long time. <laughs> long time on peace. We should have what? We, we, we should have peace. And, and the question before us today is, is do we? 
do we? Do we have peace with others around us today? Let me, let me ask you. I'm just asking you. I'm not telling you. I'm just asking you. Is that a word from the Holy Spirit for you today? That if you would love to see all that he has intended for you, all the giftings, all the plans, because, listen, he's put gifts in you. Isn't that cool? Not only did he save you, not only does he love you, but then he's gifted you, anointed you. Some people would say, use that word, anointed you for service. And I mean, you, you, you stink of giftings. <laughs> it's so, it, it's that evident. You just reek of giftings. But the, that gifting will never reach its potential when we walk with a heart that is not in peace with one another. And, 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 and so we can sit here all day long and, and clamor that we want to see world peace. We want to we see world peace. But the reality is we're never going to see world peace until we see peace within a nation. And we're never going to see peace within a nation until we see peace in a community. And you're not going to see peace in a community until you see peace in families. And I can tell you, for my family, we're not going to see peace in my family until I see peace within me. See, if I want to see this global outbreak of peace, I need to see a personal internal outbreak of peace. And that only comes by immersion. By immersing myself in his presence. You, you, you know, it gets really easy to um, kind of tune out pastors. I do it all the time to myself. I tune them out. When you hear the same thing over and over. You ever, you ever caught yourself doing that? How many of you doing it right now? Okay. In such a way where you hear, hey, the importance of worship. How many, importance of prayer. Importance of getting in his word. How many of you would say that you've heard that more than twice in your life? <laughs> And so we tune that out, right? Because when you hear something over and over and over again, it's easy to tune it out. But, but do you see that's the immersion process? What we just did this morning was we immersed ourselves in his presence through worship. Now, that's just for Sunday. Can I ask you, are you immersing yourself tomorrow? You see, how many of you would say at this moment, right now, just right now, you feel a little bit of peace? Raise your hand. Isn't it funny? What are we doing, though? What have we just done? We've just come from a time of what? Worship? A time of reflection, being still in his presence? And we're starting to enter into his work. Isn't, that, isn't it funny how it works that way? So when I'm not experiencing peace on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, well, what's missing? My immersion. My immersion. It's in his presence that we find peace. Jesus is peace, and he came to establish the way that we can be at peace and live in peace with each other. Listen, as we immerse ourselves in his presence, there's peace. Turn, if you haven't yet, to Mark chapter 4. I want to give you an example of this. Mark chapter 4. It, it, it's not just an inner peace, but it's a peace in the situations that you find yourself in too. That Jesus, if you immerse yourself in his presence, can bring peace to you even in the midst of anything you're going through. Isn't that good news? That anything that you're going through, his presence can speak peace to it. So Mark chapter 4 verse 35. Listen to what it says. It says, 
That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And just as he was in the boat, there were also others in the boat with him. And a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. <laughs> what? Have, have you ever been in a boat? Have you ever been in a storm in a boat? I, I have been. And you know what you find out when you're in a storm in a boat? That you're really small and the ocean's really big. And it don't, you're not as good of a swimmer as you think you are. And, 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 and it can be scary. I remember the first time my wife and I went on a cruise. Bless her heart. So this ship is rocking. You ever, anybody else have been on a cruise and you're walking down the corner and the, ship, and, and, and the ship starts rocking? Well, she's kind of like swaying from side to side and I'm doing everything I can. I'm just going to walk a real straight line. And so she thought she, there was something wrong with her. And, and she asked me, she goes, is there something wrong with me? Do you feel the boat moving? I'm not at all, honey. Not at all. <laughs> she doesn't go on cruises with me anymore. I don't know why it is. But here's this boat in this storm. And Jesus is asleep. Why? Why is he asleep? Yeah, but where did the peace come from? Let me, let me tell you where the peace came from. And this is important. I want you to write this down. The peace that Jesus experienced came from the authority that was given to him. Listen to me. The peace that Jesus was experiencing was because of the authority that God gave to him. Because watch what happens. So here's this storm. <clears throat> Jesus is asleep. The disciples get up and say, we're going to die. We are going to die. And Jesus speaks to the storm. And what does he say? Be still. Jesus exercised, come on, listen to this. Jesus exercised the authority that was bestowed upon him to bring peace to his situation. And because of the authority of Jesus, the disciples were safe. All authority, Jesus, has been given unto who? Me. All authority has been given unto Jesus. Okay. Catch this. If you are a disciple of Jesus, here you go. If you are a disciple of Christ, you are an heir. You are a disciple of Jesus. The authority that the Father gave to Jesus, Jesus now gives to you. That authority is that no matter what you are facing, you have authority over it. Authority over it. What does having authority over situation mean? It means that there is nothing that could come against you that God cannot see you through. How many of you know that's peace right there? Because if he be for you, what? Who can stand against you? If he is for you, who can stand against you? The, all the authority in the kingdom of heaven has been given. Un, are you catching what I'm saying here? Jesus quieted the storm because the authority, he had peace enough to sleep because he knew all authority had been given to him. 
You have been given authority against every lie of the enemy, every scheme of the devil, and every plan of the demons of hell. (laughs) You have been given authority. How many of you know, when I walk in that authority, I can have peace in my life? Now, is that authority that I've appointed to myself? Whose authority is it? So if I'm immersing myself in the presence of God and his authority has been given to me, how many of you know I can triumph? We can, we can triumph. And, and, and so there's an authority that when we're in the presence of Jesus and we're submitted to his authority, we can overcome situations and have peace in it. Now, will those situations always work itself out in the way you want it to? It didn't for the disciples, did it? I remember that they were beaten, stoned, and thrown into prison at times. But how many of you remember that there was also worship that occurred, prayer and worship that occurred while they were in prison? Would you, would you not say that was peace? How did they do that? Because they still understood that no matter what the world did to them, God was in authority and all authority is theirs, therefore I can have peace. And no matter what I go through, I can have peace within myself. Write this down if you would uh, for number, number one is that when we can't, when Jesus came, because he has come, we can have peace with God. Write that down. We can have peace with God. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus came to be the bridge of reconciliation between man and God. There was a time in your life where you were apart from the authority of God, weren't you? Yes. All of us in here were separated from God because of what? And how many have sinned in here? How many of you are starting right this moment by not raising your hand? Okay, okay, we're all in the same boat. So the wages of sin is? is So is God a holy God? Okay, can holiness and sin coexist? And and so we were therefore what? Separated. We, we, we We were separated. And if you have not, if you, listen, we're in Mark chapter four, but I'd love for you, I'd love for you to at least write this down in your notes, Romans chapter five. Okay. Luther said that this is one of the most extraordinary chapters in all the Bible. And I want you to hear Romans chapter five, verse one. In fact, I want you to read that if you would read this out loud. Therefore. You have what with God? Peace. You have peace with God. Let, let, me, let me give you the definition, the Greek definition for the word justified. Okay, it's this. It's defined as an accomplished, accomplished condition. Something which is finished as opposed to something pending or in progress. It's not in progress. How, how many of you have um, had somebody say, man, you sure are a work in progress. How many of you have ever used that as an excuse to your spouse? I'm just a work in progress. I'm, I, you know, uh, okay. <laughs> How many of you see yourself as a work in progress? Okay. Th- this is good news here this morning. Because what God has done is said, you are no longer a work in progress. You are a completed, justified individual. Now, there's something I'm still doing in you and making you more and more like. That's called sanctification. But justification means it is over. 
you are justified. Because of faith, you are justified before God. When God sees you, he sees the son. And you can't earn it. Isn't that great? Isn't that weird? That he sees you complete and perfect because of what Christ has done. Therefore, you now have peace with God. I don't know what your guys' story is. Um, I'll just share briefly mine. I remember back before I was saved, um, there's a part of me that believed God, um, but there was a part of me that didn't care, right? Except for when it was brought up. So I would sometimes be at parties, and we were doing all kinds of stuff that you do at parties. And it was weird to me that even in the midst of parties, sometimes people would start talking about God. And, and I'm like, shut up. I don't want to talk about this. Why? why? Why did it elicit that kind of a reaction? I didn't have peace with him. I didn't have peace with him. And I will guarantee you something. Deep down in the soul, in the heart of every man or woman, there's a knowledge that there's something out there. There's a knowledge of God. You, can be, I, I, you can't convince me. You can be the most vocal atheist, and I still believe deep at night, some people would say, who's been in the military, everybody's a believer when the mortars start falling. <laughs> and, and, and there's something in there. But I, I was rebelling against it. I was not at peace with him. And then when he came into my life, it's crazy. Some people would say, Jeremy, you just can't shut up talking about God. The same ones who wanted to talk about him before now tell me to shut up. And, and I'm trying to talk to them. Wasn't that God? Isn't that crazy? What was the difference? I'll tell you it wasn't me. I'll tell you what it was. It was the peace of Jesus Christ that came into my life and made me have peace with God. And that's your story too, isn't it? You can have peace with God today. Number two, write this down. Not only can you have peace with God, you can have the peace of God. You can have the peace of God. Peace is not the absence of troubles or storms, but it is the presence of Jesus in the middle of the storms. It's not the absence of storms. It's the presence of him in the storm. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace. I love that word. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast on you because they, why? Trust in you. You can have perfect peace when your mind is set on him. Not, 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 not fleeting peace, not temporary peace. Um, how many of you could use some perfect peace in your life? I find perfect peace in my life only when my mind has been set on him. Only has, when it has been set on him. Number three, write this down. I can have peace with others. <laughs> Christmas and his peace means not only can I have peace with God, the peace of God, but now I have the ability to have peace with others. I'm not always great at having peace with others. Are you? When, 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 when you're in the mall buying Christmas gifts on Black Friday, and how many of you needed the peace of God and with God to have peace with others that night? Uh, how, how many of you, you know, you, you find yourself at work and, and you're, needing, you're needing the Holy Spirit to show up because the peace that you have with others is, is fleeting quickly. 
and you don't, you're about to get fired. Hello? When I allow the presence of God and myself to be immersed in his presence, I, I finally find myself able to be a man and have peace with others. And I say that, import, I say that intentionally, to be a man. How many of you know sometimes you've got to grow up to have peace with others? There's a 71-year-old, um, his name is John Ripple, from Kansas City, Kansas. John Ripple, Kansas City, Kansas. He did something crazy. He had, he had a clean record, no, nothing on his record. And he went and he robbed a bank. One block from the sheriff's office. Passed a note, said, give me your money, I got a gun. She gives him the money, and then you know what he does? He sits down and he waits for the police to show up. And the police are like, what is going on with this man? And, 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 he, and he told him that um, he would rather be in jail than to have to live in the same house with his wife anymore. Oh so the judge sentenced him to six months home confinement. <laughs> True story. True story. How do you know you can get older and not grow up? There's a zoological term that I, that I came across. It, it, it's called zeophany. I'm not zeophany, I'm sorry. It's called, uh, I had it here a second ago. Neophony. Neotony. That's easy for me to say, Aaron. Neotony. Neotony is a zoological term in, in, in the study of animals, and what it means is it's an adult animals that still retain aspects of, of being a juvenile still acting like a child I sure hope that when my life is looked at you can't use that noun neoteny but I'm afraid that sometimes when it comes to um, living peacefully with others sometimes it how about you anybody else in here I love what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 through 3 it says brothers I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, as infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready yet for solid food. In fact, you're still not ready, for you are still worldly. For since there's jealousy and dissension among you, are you not worldly? Are you not walking in the ways of man? Oh, there's that body shot again, huh? says, listen, it's time to grow up. There's quarrels, there's dissension, there's jealousy, there's conflict. And I am the prince. You know who he was talking to? He wasn't talking to unbelievers. He was talking to the church. He was talking to the church. I can't give you, I can't give you steak. How many of you like a good steak? How many of you like to go to Outback and get that, you know, that, that Victoria cut? Thick, Oh, glory but in the meantime you know what we're getting milk milk ew how many want some steak well, what does it take for us to start to grow to that place of maturity where I can feed you steak what does it take it takes this it, it, it takes submission to his authority <laughs> to submit myself to his authority and where his authority is then there's peace and when there's peace then I can extend peace see I can't I'm going to be honest with you I can't do some of the stuff we talk about by myself I can't do it can you how many of you are doing a bang up 
job knocking the ball out of the park, running your own life. I'm not. But when, when I'm submitted to his authority and his peace is doing a thing within me because I'm immersed, then I can start loving people the way I'm supposed to be loving them. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on who? How many of you are sometimes childish, though? I'll talk to them when they talk to me. I'll forgive so-and-so when they ask for forgiveness. Come on, how many of you have ever had that conversation with your in your head about your spouse? I'm not talking until they talk. How many of you are not talking at church today? <laughs> it's got to be him, right? It's got to be him that does this we just got this we're justified means we're it's done we're saved but we're still being sanctified and our heart still got some stuff that needs to get worked out right so do you see how important peace is this morning it goes beyond just wanting peace for the world it goes beyond just wanting peace for our nation Lord I want peace for our nation want peace for our communities. I'm so tired of seeing our communities divided and destroyed, separated by politics or race. So tired of it. I want want to see peace break out across the globe. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray for this to happen. But what I love about Christmas is that you know that the present that God gave to us in his son, when he gave us the Prince of Peace, it's a twofold present. It's a present for now, and then there's a present for the future. Meaning this, in this world, we're going to have troubles, but someday Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back, and we will have eternal peace. Isn't that good? It's like you were given a present today, but the fulfillment of that present is still coming tomorrow. We're going to work towards peace. We're going to allow God to move in our lives in peace. And yet we know final peace will come when Jesus returns and he wipes every tear from our eyes. And can I promise you something this morning? Just as surely as he came on Christmas Day, just as surely he's coming again. And so whatever you are facing, Whatever storm of life you're in the middle of, know that today is not the end. Today is not the end. Jesus is coming. Let there be peace in your life. Would you close your eyes this morning? Lord, I pray over my friends that are in here. Lord, those of you who may be in a boat this morning and their boat is just rocking. Lord, what they see is the storm, but what they fail to see is your presence. Lord, I pray that they would experience your presence. They would immerse themselves in your presence right now. That, Lord, instead of waves of trouble washing over them, they would feel waves of peace from the Holy Spirit just surrounding them, enveloping them, overwhelming them. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that your perfect peace, 
peace that surpasses understanding that makes no sense in the natural mind but peace that surpasses all understanding the peace that comes supernaturally would just begin to flood around in this place right now and I just ask you this with all eyes that are closed if there's anybody that just hey you know what I just I could use a little bit of his peace today just real quickly raise your hand because we just I want to pray over you yeah yeah okay cool 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 I see you in the back yes sir I see you and so yes sir I see you and so Lord I just pray peace over their situation peace over their circumstance Holy Spirit even now as we're praying let them begin to sense from the depths and the deepness of their heart and soul that your presence is there and that you are for them and not against them that you are moving on their behalf and that because you are present and your authority has been given to them that Lord there can be peace in their life let them experience that even now even now Holy Spirit do what we cannot do Lord let us walk out of here being a people filled and giving peace and all God's people said for more information on Grace Covenant Church our service times ministry opportunities directions and more visit us at gracecovenant.org